Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. There's too many firms in the general public relations industry that are just doing PR for PR sake. They don't know why they're doing it. They don't know when they're doing it, with whom they're doing it with. Building brand awareness with PR is one thing, but captivating the audience with the right narrative is quite another. The foundation of what we've built is this idea that we put together the right programs that support your business to help you know, protect, grow, and project your story and and equity value associated with it. And I think bringing that mentality to the consumer side in itself is a huge differentiation. Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. Today, there are countless platforms for reaching consumers, but utilizing too many outlets can also fragment a brand's image. Our guest on this episode specializes in strategic brand exposure, providing clients with guidance to target consumers and maintain a united market presence. Today, we're sitting down with Anton Nicholas, managing partner at ICR. Anton just celebrated his 12th anniversary at ICR, and he runs the corporate PR team for all of consumer, from retail to apparel to food to restaurants to CPG. It's a big practice within ICR, but we've also added a new brand, Blue Engine, an ICR offshoot, and Anton is also sitting on top of that. We'll dive into Anton's career and his work with Blue Engine in a minute, but not before settling a critical debate about snack foods. Let's enter the arena with Anton Nicholas. Thanks, Tom. It's uh, really exciting to be here. I've listened to every single one of these, and so I feel honored to be a part of it. Liar, liar. Um, (laughs) Well, I thought we would start out with a couple of icebreakers, which I think is fun. Would you rather fly or be invisible? Oh, definitely be invisible. I hate flying, you know, commercially as is. So I think, I just think generally. So I just think if I was to be up in the air, it would sort of freak me out versus, okay. you know, I've always wanted to be sort of invisible, Tom. You may not know that about me, but I would rather just blend in the background. <laughs> You're invisible to me. So don't worry about it. <laughs> My next one, which I think is interesting, is of the three, Triscuit, Ritz, or Wheat Thin? What are you, what's your take on that? Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I definitely not. Yeah, it's a tough one. I'm definitely not a Triscuit guy. I feel like they get too too dry and crackly for me. I think I'm probably a Ritz guy. I think there's more uh, versatility in a Ritz, right? You could do cheese on it. You could do peanut butter on it. You could even get wacky, do a little PB&J on it. Wheat thins, yeah. less so. Well, here's the thing, though. I think 
I think Ritz works for a room temperature dip, but if you have a refrigerated dip, I think I think it breaks down in the dip. I think Triscuit has the best structural makeup, although I'm not taking away from you that it could be dry and unwieldy. But you raise a good point, though, because Ritz has a, a tendency to crumble on you if you get something high density versus I feel like, you know, wheat thins, when you're in the bunker, when it's just yeah. you and the cockroaches, wheat thins are there with you, man. They are. They are. So, all right, now we can move on. See, we're all relaxed and ready to go. Yeah, well, and hungry. So why don't you take our listeners kind of through your background and how the ICR opportunity came to you? Sure. I've been in and around this business of financial PR, corporate communications, even dabbled in some IR for, let's call it 25 years. It might be a little more now based on my 12th year anniversary here. I was first introduced to ICR years ago when you guys were just starting out and I was running a competing business for financial dynamics in the U.S. And you guys were taking our lunch, uh, taking a lot of our business and uh, some of our people. And that's when I had first been exposed to you guys. And then I, you know, meandered through the business for a while, left for a little while, and I wanted to get back in the game. And I got introduced to Michael Fox, who started CCG here at ICR. And that was over 12 years ago, and it was a marriage made in heaven. It's been an incredible run for us so far. Yeah, for sure. And we'll get to Blue Engine in a minute, but what, what's the core group that you oversee at ICR? And what do they do? What's the scale of it, all of that? Yeah, so it's pretty broad in its mandate in the sense that everything corp com related to the consumer space, as you mentioned, it'll, it'll cover everything from retail and apparel Joe Techlitz's group, for example, to food, restaurants, CPG, and John Mills's group. We even dabble in some cannabis where we'll, you know, overlap with some other folks. We'll do some fitness and connected fitness and tech things where we'll cross over with some tech people. As long as it's touching the consumer, we're probably operating in it. The core core focus is going to be on that corporate and financial stuff, including the transaction and crisis. But then, of course, we've got Blue Engine, which is really consumer focused at this point. And it's probably about a $25 million business now at ICR. We have about 70 people and probably about 200 ongoing sort of clients. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the biggest businesses within ICR. We absolutely see consumer as our power alley, most of it thanks to you and the other guys that work in IR in the space. And I think it just gives people the insight into kind of the scale and and the number of people and the number of clients. But within that group, Anton, for a few years, we had what was called as the ICR Lifestyle Lab. Maybe describe what that was before we get to Blue Engine. Yeah, I think the best way to describe it is if you think about financial and corporate PR being about the CNBCs and the Wall Street Journals of the world, talking to the investment community, the Wall Street community, and dabbling in Main Street, but really about the sort of company story and reputation, the Lifestyle Lab and consumer PR is going to be more focused on how do you drive traffic into restaurants? How do you get consumers buying apparel? How do you get them to your website? And so you're thinking about the Today Shows of the world. You're thinking about, you know, the men's journals of the world, but also, quite frankly, the new mediums that consumers are are consuming from a media standpoint, including influencer work, social and digital and everything that that entails. 
I think from my perspective, that group is so talented and they were great within ICR, but the ICR brand just kind of worked against them, right? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big distinctions is not only the audiences you're trying to get to and the, and the mechanisms in which you're using to get to those audiences, but it's also this notion of creativity. I mean, the campaigns that the Lifestyle Lab consumer group is running is definitely a little bit, I wouldn't say it's it's less critical. In fact, in many ways, it's it can be more critical because you're trying to drive sales, but it's definitely more fun in that sense. They're doing more activations. They're doing things that are way more creative from a left side of the brain, right side of the brain mentality than what we do on the corporate and financial side, which is really about telling that business story, you know, critically through the press. Yeah. And CMOs would go to our website and we look like a bunch of investment bankers. So it just really wasn't a fit within the ICR brand. And, you know, in order to maximize the opportunity that we have, I know we look to maybe do that outside of ICR there was a acquisition that really kind of gave us some critical mass. So maybe take us through the acquisition that helped us launch Blue Engine, meaning Bullfrog and Bomb. Yeah. So we, we knew we had a good business in the Lifestyle Lab, what at the time was the Lifestyle Lab. But we, to your point, we lacked size, scale, critical mass. We had a good set of partner relationships, but you know, fewer in numbers than what uh, really puts together a, a good proposal and a pitch and an experience for other clients. So we were introduced to um, Jennifer Baum, who uh, had been in the business for almost 25 years on her own running Bullfrog and Baum. It was a like-minded firm doing the same kinds of activities that the Lifestyle Lab was doing. So there was overlap from a service standpoint, but very little overlap and all complementary from experience, expertise. And so it just felt like a, a natural fit in that way. And it just added an enormous amount of, of depth and gave us that scale that we were looking for. So we kind of moved the ICR Lifestyle Lab out from underneath the ICR umbrella. We combined their, them with Bullfrog and Bomb and have rebranded it Blue Engine. Maybe take us through the size and scale of that operation, which in my mind is still in the first inning. Yeah, so you're looking at a, a group of its own now where you have about 35 full-time employees. They have roughly on a given day 50 clients, and they're also doing projects on top of that. And, you know, they're doing large-scale mandates. So if you think about Kettle One Vodka and trying to get... I think about it all the time. <laughs> and trying to get Tom to, to buy more of it, that's a day-in and day-out um, you know, grind. grind. It's a grind, and, and it takes a lot. But it's also high fees for us. There's a full team committed to it, and that's pretty much, you know, 50% of the time. Same thing goes for like a, a Burger King, for example. Huge national mandate, team of eight people, uh, some almost wholly dedicated to the account. And so they have clients like that. And then they also do really creative, smart, small-scale clients where they're just doing an activation around a new hotel launch. Uh, Mandarin has a new location that they want to hype and the team's getting involved to help with that. And they do it across those different mediums that I talked about, right? It's press work, it's influencer work, there's creative and branding component to it, there's a social component to it, all of which is, you know, points of light that aim towards building profile and encouraging that connection with consumers.
Blue Engine was created as a response to a specific audience within ICR's client base. Although the two are separate, Blue Engine remains deeply rooted in ICR's history and practice. I asked Anton where the two companies intersect, what they each bring to the table, and what distinguishes Blue Engine's approach to consumer marketing. There's too many firms in the general public relations industry that are just doing PR for PR sake. They don't know why they're doing it. They don't know when they're doing it, with whom they're doing it with, right? And you said it, business objectives. That's a critical thing that's been something that was the foundation of what we've built at ICR is this idea that we put together the right programs that support your business to help, you know, protect, grow, and project, uh, you know, your story and, and equity value associated with it. And I think bringing that mentality to Blue Engine and the consumer side in itself is a is a huge differentiation. I think it's you know having really smart programs with an end goal of creating value is is something that you know clients respond to quite frankly. But ultimately, it's it's what the business is going to be built on. Yeah, I mean that's the CMO's job, and if you can't talk you know, business goals, valuation. And I think there's a lot There's a lot of people within Blue Engine now that have worked in the corporate side at ICR, and they kind of get that piece. And in my mind, it's a huge differentiator when a company can toggle between kind of the, the corporate brand and, you know, selling a product. No, that's exactly right. And, and we, we've had a really amazing phenomenon at ICR in the sense that our, our average tenure of our employees is, is really long. So you think about Seth Grugel, who was running the Lifestyle Lab. He's been here over eight years. He's combining with Jennifer Baum, who was the CEO of Bullfrog and Baum, who's been in the business 25 years. She comes out of the finance world as well. That combination of that leadership with a sensible approach, a business approach to creating programs that target consumers to support the business is, is a huge differentiator. And all the kids that are no longer kids that have grown up at ICR that have been here five or six years have learned from them to do the same thing. Yeah, like all the kids are 40 now. <laughs> you and I are still kids, Tom. Don't you forget. Yeah, it. at heart. Um, how about uh, how about the name Blue Engine? Where'd that come from? Well, this was really sort of um, important to us. Blue Engine was originally back when you started the business, the bus that you put together with Brendan Frey and, and some other folks going around to the X Games to sell you know, your wares. And it was a it was a callback to the heritage of ICR that we thought was really, really important to to not only remember, but also bring that connectivity between Blue Engine and ICR. We talk about how they're different businesses. They have different sort of creative profiles and different approaches in terms of what mechanisms they're using to tell the stories, but they are still very connected from a DNA standpoint. And it was important for us to have that throwback. So we went through an exercise, believe it or not, to figure out the right brand. We had a bunch of other names and we all came to the conclusion without any issues that Blue Engine was the right course for us. And, and we're really proud of it. Yeah, I think it's cool. And I think it's a great homage to the beginning of ICR, which gets everybody who's been here a really long time, very fired up. As it relates to looking out at 2024, 25, 26, hard to look past three years from now, but what categories do you think Blue Engine is really suited for? Obviously, it's all consumer and we do a lot in consumer, but are there pockets within Blue Engine where we have like a lot of expertise? 
Yeah, so I think we should talk first about the pockets in consumer where we have expertise and also the opportunities that present us in in the consumer space. But then also outside of that, I think there are other industries that Blue Engine can bring a lot of value to the table as well. So within consumer, no question that you know, as a combined Blue Engine group, we have restaurants and food, retail, fitness, and an amazing practice in hospitality and travel, as well as our favorite booze, right? But I think there's other places that we think we can we can play. So within the hospitality space, we do a lot with tourism boards. There's more tourism boards we could do work for internationally. We do a lot with boutique hotels. We could do more across the hotel industry. And then also there's things like airlines and private jets and private yachts and things like that just across the broader travel space. I also think while we represent a couple of lines of vodka and gin, you know, there's a whole world of booze out there and beer and wine that presents opportunity as well. So That's sort of our next phase for us. We're going to continue to focus on the restaurants where we do both, I would say, large chains, but also, you know, chef-driven restaurants. We're going to do more in retail, and then we're going to try to expand our horizons on that travel and hospitality. That sort of covers the consumer space, let alone what we could be doing for, I think, tech, consumer tech, healthcare, healthcare tech, Anywhere that businesses are operating where there is a consumer, an equation that needs to be solved, Blue Engine can help you do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless you're selling shampoo, I think technology is almost going to be a part of everything. So, And maybe even with shampoo, ultimately. But I, I think that we're ideally positioned to do that. What do you think the potential stumbling blocks are here? You know, I think there's so much opportunity. There's such a chance to accelerate the number of clients, the number of people that are going to join us on the journey. What kind of keeps me up at night is execution. Like there's just no room for sloppiness. Everything has to be fantastic and excellent and like A plus work every day. What do you think about in terms of stumbling blocks as we kind of get this going? Yeah, I think I always come back to the the phrase that I heard Yves Chouinard, who's the CEO of Patagonia use, which is like, we want to grow strong, not fat. Right. So we absolutely want to grow uh, and we are going to grow, but we're going to grow strong. We're going to add the right people at the right time. Uh, We're not going to get over our skis as it relates to servicing business, watering down our product. We're going to make sure we do it in a very thoughtful, methodical way so that all the clients that we're able to work with get the right service level, get the right kind of expertise and experience level on their accounts so that we can execute with perfection. Because your point is is well taken across our business, not just Blue Engine. You have one shot to really get it right. And if you do, you can replicate that getting it right for years on end with a client. But if you get it wrong, you're done. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, let's say there's a CMO out there listening to this. Is there a client situation that we're working on where we're just really doing amazing work, maybe one where we're going back and forth from, you know, kind of consumer PR to corporate and kind of toggling between the two? Because I think it's an interesting engagement where we can go to a company and say, hey, listen, we could 
we could work with you and there's a budget to that, but you can kind of go back and forth depending on your needs. And that's a very unique thing in my mind. Yeah. And, and, it, and it is a structure that we offer often. So we have a retainer with a client where the services we offer are crisis, corporate and consumer. And depending on the month, if there's a big activation happening around New Year's Eve or, you know, Valentine's Day or something like that, we'll shift the resources into consumer. But on a quarterly earnings basis, we shift it back into corporate. And then there's a body of hours that are left over that we can allocate towards crisis issues. When you have consumer facing businesses, as you know, Tom, and you're dealing with traffic coming in and out of locations every day, you know, crisis is, it's not a question of, of if it's going to happen. It's a question of when. And so that's something that we, we deal with all the time. And so I think there's that flexibility within the, the program that I think is attractive to clients because they know what their budget is. They know what they can spend on the the PR services, but they know in a one-stop shop, they can get all of it from us with that flexibility. Yeah, the crisis thing I hadn't really thought about, but it's so important. You know, we I know we work with some kind of national chains who are open past midnight that serve alcohol. And you kind of think like, what could ever go wrong there? Nothing. <laughs> sir, sir. <laughs> there can never be a crisis there. <laughs> Certainly not when you and I were in college. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's you know, there's those levels of crises. We've, we've faced situations, as you well are, are well aware, of things like domestic violence, but also, you know, product recalls and anything where a company, the covenant of trust with its consumer is broken is a crisis, right? And, it, and your reputation, your ability to respond is what people are going to measure you by. Crisis happen. Issues happen. I think people accept that. It's how you deal with them and how you respond that is critical. And I think that's where I think we bring a lot to the table, again, because we have experience, we have expertise, but we also represent the different audiences in the thinking. The left hand is speaking to the right. Yes, we need to do this from a market standpoint, but don't forget how it affects your consumer and vice versa. Well said, because if a company is engaged with Blue Engine or ICR, we bring that expertise to bear. And you know, by the time the you-know-what hits the fan, that's not when you want to be dialing to get information to see who you need to hire. You need to know uh, that you have that capability and that we have your back. One last question, Anton. If you could release a series of number one hit songs that you wrote and sang, and for each song you released, you would make a million dollars, but for each song you released, you would also lose an inch of height, how many songs would you release? Um, I mean... Definitely like six. I mean, I think I think five four is totally acceptable in this market, and especially <laughs> when you're standing on your wallet. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, if I get to choose the content of the songs, even better because I would just do a remake of "I Am Beautiful" six times, and that'd be perfect, right? Businesses are born from two distinct perspectives, the creative and the corporate. Both are important, but to grow a brand, you can't have one without the other. The Blue Engine team knows how to find a harmonious balance between the excitement of the creative process and the practical execution of strategies for brand presence. At Welcome to the Arena, we're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating. 
The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon-to-be public companies. Thanks for listening. I'd like to thank Anton for joining us on the show today. Blue Engine is putting a unique spin on a very traditional branch of business, and it's a massive opportunity for CMOs looking for an agency that does things a little bit differently. This is Tom Ryan. We'll see you next time. Back in the arena. References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.